G'day, everybody. It's Dan Proudman and David Redden back together again, a, a deadly and useless duo, um, talking Prado and Redders, <laughs> NDCA cricket, and after sharing the better part of the weekend with a great man. Dan, it's great to see you facing, and I hope you're well, my friend. Yeah, I think I saw you more than anyone else on the weekend, Dave. I think Saturday, Sunday, and possibly again this Saturday, Sunday. Uh, yep, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that takes place. But yes, uh, representative cricket on Sunday. And whenever Dan Proudman's near representative T20 cricket, there's always something happening. There's always close games or something. Dan's representative career has been replete with amazing games of cricket and tight games. We'll all have a quick mention of that at the end of our, uh, after we talk about some NDCA stuff. Uh, Dan, first of all, the summary scores. Waratah made nine for 289 against Toronto at J.R. Ronhill Oval and batted out their overs. Belmont made 181 uh, and West didn't have another bat uh, in their game at Harker. Newcastle City, five for 323 against Hamwicks at Learmonth. Uni, nine for 180 declared. And then Carter for a five for 41. Tom O'Neill took all five wickets, including a hat-trick and all five wickets are bowled. Charlestown, 194 at George Farley Oval and uh, Walls End 2 for 54 chasing. And in the game that Dan and I had the pleasure of scoring at Linoval at Stockton, a rather breezy and uh, cool Linoval at Stockton, Merriweather got themselves to 9 for 214 off 90 overs. First game for review is Toronto Workers and Waratah at J.R. Ron Hill. Unfortunately, the Toronto um, bowling figures haven't been completed on my cricket, but I do know that uh, Bryn Oslin took one, two, three. Bryn Oslin took three, but Finlay Thornton took five wickets, which is great form from uh, Finn. And uh, everybody chipped in with runs for Waratah Mayfield. Not one person made more than 55. Lynch, 43. Watson, 55. Claridge, 24. Owens, 26. And down the order, um, McTaggart, 42. And Farouk, 40, 41 off 21 at the death to get them to a very, very good score, Dan finishing nine for 20. And Waratah have actually been in very good batting form over the last couple of weeks. They're going very well. Absolutely, they are. Um, I think that's now four out of their five digs. I think their opening partnerships made 50, which doesn't happen very often in Newcastle cricket. That's that's pretty pretty handy statistic. I was actually talking to our, um, our, uh, our local... Uh, Reporter down there in uh, Western Lake Macquarie, Graham Jenko Jenkinson, this afternoon. Oh, you were speaking with the great Jenko, were you? Very yes, good. He was, he was sitting under his tree with the jukebox going, and he said um, Finlay ended up with, uh, I think it was five for 91 off 32 overs. That's a superb performance. And he also said that uh, Muhammad Farouk hit some of the biggest bombs you've ever seen in your life. They'd be six in any any ground in the world, according to Jenko. Um very entertaining knock, he said. So, um, yeah, solid, very solid performance, 9 for 289. Um, obviously, box position. And they've got some good recruits there, Radhakrishnan and Claridge. Uh, and Joshi's really hasn't scored too many runs. He'll be looking forward to a great second half of the season. But when you get good opening partnerships, that's the key. And um, Waratah, who I think many people thought... Um, would struggle with Nathan Hartson leaving, have actually become a very competitive side, particularly with the bat. The test will come next week or on Saturday against against um, Toronto at JR Ron Hill. And let me tell you that when Jenko and Prado get together, that's an interesting afternoon scoring, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, those, those, those two are a deadly duo. Are they not, Daniel? It's not until February this year, uh, next year. Um, it's the home, the home team shouts. I did notice, I won't say anything other than that um, when we decided on that rule, 
um, the person who was doing the fixtures happened to be based at Toronto and I shouted the first five years in a row. But however, it's evened up a little bit now. And is that game at JR on Hell Over later on this year? No, it's, at, it's at Townsend Oval. Two Saturdays at Townsend. Oh, goodness gracious me. Two Saturdays with you two doing 180 overs together. Gracious me. Always good fun and two very fine scorers, I might add. The uh, next game that we're going to have a look at is Wests and Belmont. I'll just bring that game up in front of us. Belmont batted their 90 overs and scraped their way to 181. Uh, not a bad effort, really, particularly when you consider Aaron Wivell had the ball on a stick. Uh, Joey Gillard continuing his good form, 55. Dom Simons, 36. And some chip hits down the order, 23 not out from Josh, from Karen Carriage of 132 balls. So he faced a lot of rocks. Luke Muddle scored his usual quick score, fire score, 23. And Jamie Heath batting um, right down the bottom, 19 um, to finish off the innings. And they, in fact, the last pair put on 29, which could end up being quite an interesting partnership. Aaron Bill's magnificent figures. A lot of spinners did a lot of damage on the weekend. Finlay Thornton, 32 overs, 5 for 91. We'll talk about Nick Foster later. And um, Aaron Bills, 33 overs, 11 maidens, 5 for 56. And we do, we're do we very lucky in Newcastle. We've got some very good leggies, and Aaron Bills is at the top of that tree. Dan, um, I think Belmont would be reasonably pleased in getting 180, but West will be reasonably confident of getting those runs. Yeah, it looked like a bit of a grinding session, didn't it? But, gee, none for 87. You'd reckon they probably thought they were going to go a bit better than what they did. Um but Dom Simons and Joey going so well to, to kick things off. They, they were in there for a long time. 36 of 132 rocks and 55 of 110. And then, yeah, they just sort of fell away a bit. And like you said, 30-odd for the last wicket. So the, the, the top two partnerships was the first wicket and the last wicket. So, yeah, 181. You'd have to think not enough against West, wouldn't you? But um, yep. they battled hard and, you know, they batted their 90 overs. You can't ask for anything more than that. It, it is what it is. And... At what it does, what it should mean is that that becomes a first innings game. And I think that's very important. And as you know, as you would well know, being a Merriweather man, outright wins at any stage are absolutely pivotal. And in fact, the weather's got into the finals last year based on a couple of outright wins, as you would well remember. From memory, the weather's got through with outrights against, I think, Cardiff and Belmont. Does that sound about right last year, Dan? Including a last, a large turning around a first innings loss to win. So that's right. Yeah. And the shortened season too, I think, sort of um, yep. magnifies those 10 points even more. Absolutely. So well done, Belmont, 181. Well done, West as well. Next game, a very good a dominant batting performance by Newcastle City. Newcastle City off in 90 overs, 5 for 323. Um, I spoke to Angus McTackett on Sunday. Dan, and again, he wasn't very happy in making fifth, only making 55. We were watching his uh, scores early on. Dan was monitoring him as we were scoring. Mitchell Nesbitt, a magnificent 108 of 202 ball, balls. And Elijah Smith, 122 of 174 balls. Uh, two outstanding centuries there. And uh, they finished up 323. And uh, um, a lot of guys had a bowl. There's eight, eight men have had a bowl. Ed Bartlett ended up with the figures with two for 60-odd. I'll just go and get the Two for 65 off 19 is a solid enough performance. Um, I spoke to a rather uh, laconic Abe Gibson on Sunday and he said, Redders, I had six catches dropped, four of which were dollies, none for 80 for 24 from Abraham. So that sort of sums up a day. I know that Ben Balkum and Abe were pretty sheepish about their performance. But let's focus on Mitchell Nesbitt, who played for Lake Mac on Sunday's making his representative debut this year and has been very strong. 
for Lake Mac, 108 of 202. And that's what Mitch Dotnezza does. He occupies the crease, moves the ball around. I, I had a crack at the other day because I'd caught him previously a bit of a nicker and a nerdler. And then he comes out and for Lake Mac and blasts the ball over the place. But a great performance from Mitch. And Eli Smith, who's playing for the Newcastle Colts in Bathurst in a couple of weeks' time, a superb century, 122 off 172, four balls. Dan, a very, very good performance from Newcastle City. They're in the box seat. Yep, for sure. 204 they put on in 52 overs. I mean, that's fantastic 90 over cricket, that, isn't it? Um, yep. Yeah, really dominant display. They're just, they're, you know, they're, they're now right up there with the with, with the best at the moment, I think, City. Um, obviously, it's going to depend a lot, I think, with what Aiden does later on in the season. But, um, yeah, that, that's a really, really strong display. Uh, Gus is surely he's only 100 around the corner. He's got 40s and 50s every week, so... Fingers crossed for him, but yeah, two fantastic, you know, centuries from from Nesbitt and Smith. Um, what can you say? Just brilliant. So yeah, very much in the box. So I know it's passable, and I know it could be a road and all that sort of stuff. But three twenty three is very strong. Very great performance, City. The next game for review is Charlestown and Walls in this game at George Farley Oval, uh, and Charlestown won the toss and batted. And ended up 194 off 73.2 overs. Daniel Chillingworth, who's been in very good form with bat and ball the entire season, it is great. Wasn't it great to see him bowl leggies on Sunday, Dan, instead of bowling mans? He is a very talented young leg spinner. 73 of 161. Chris Randona, who happens to chip in with runs quite regularly, 36. Jacob Richardson, 23 uh, in that 194. And the figures won by Jacob Montgomery, four for 34. I spoke to Mont on Sunday. And I think he's bowling, he's get back to bowling his off breaks and a good performance from Jake with a two footer Jacob Page, who always chips in with wickets for Walls End. And then Walls End in reply, a two for 54. Cooper Lennox is out for nine and not out batsman. Jake Montgomery, who's got himself going 18, and Matt Lynch on 24. At this stage, that game is reasonably evenly poised. Um, Montgomery, you would think, will be the key there, Dan. Yes. Yeah, Montgomery definitely the key. I reckon Charles sent a bit dirty with themselves too. Um, three for hundred and fifty-four. Got out there, and so they've lost. What's that? Seven for seven for forty. To at Wall's End. Yeah. So um, at Wall's End, yeah. So um, yeah, I'd say they'd be a bit dirty with themselves at the moment. But like I said, they're definitely not out of it. And I think we also need to probably mention it was. Um, there was a, a special little ceremony for the great Jack Brown there on Saturday. It was his 500th Saturday game that he'd scored. So um, congratulations to Jack. I know he listens to this when he can. Um, enormous effort, 40 odd years with the Pens. So they had a little ceremony for him out there. I was told, Kath Pink was telling me. Um, yeah, um, in the balance, Walls End probably just in front, I think, um, depending on what Monty can do. And interestingly, as Dan said, Charlestown's lower order, which has been the linchpin of their scoring uh, for the last probably best, best part of a decade, one five five two and not not out, and it just goes to show the good cleanup job, particularly that Jacob Montgomery did in that running through the bottom order. So yeah, Walls End slightly in front there, but uh, an in intriguing day out there at George Farley. The next game was an absolutely fascinating uh, game of cricket. We've ebbed and flowed all day. Uni playing Cardiff Bulleroo at Bernie Carter and uh, Bernie Curran Oval. Uni um, batting with 10 men, 180 for nine. Mitchell Lowell made 67 of Lynch pinch of the inning. And Tom Fitzgerald, who plays uh, for Central Northern, 47 of 100 balls. So those two have made 100 and 
uh, 14 off 201 balls between them. And no one else made more than 19. And wickets there, four for um, just going through this. Bally Burrow, two for 48. And two for five, just coming through some um, full figures here for you, ladies and gents. Aiden Creed, two for 40. Uh, two for 40. I just move the screens a little bit now. I hear two for 47. But the figures here, um, 11 overs, four for 29. And in the context of the game, that's true figures. Rob Howe has cleaned up the figures there, but he was the fourth bowler used and he's bowled beautifully. 11 overs, four maidens, four for 29. So a very good performance. Walls, um, Cardiff would have been very pleased with that. However, Tom O'Neill's decided to get his dander up in Cardiff-Bullaroo's innings. They faced 31 overs, Dan, and they're five for 41. And Tom O'Neill's 16 overs straight, five for 18 with nine maidens, including a hat-trick. Um, and you would think that Ricardo's main hope there is that Raul Bakshi can stay at the crease. He's 12 not out. What an ebbing and flowing day over there at uni, Dan. I think that might even be the third hat-trick that University have taken this season. Yeah, Landon Price certainly took one. Yep, and I think Josh Bennett might have taken one. Oh, actually, you're right. He did. Yeah. So that's three hat-tricks in a season. That's remarkable. Yeah, they've, they've played five games. They've been beaten by 10 wickets and nine wickets. And every time they take more than three wickets, they get a hat-trick. So, it's a funny game, cricket. <laughs> funny game, cricket. Um, yeah, Cardiff would have been wrapped with that bowling display. Absolutely wrapped. Um, but, you know, they've dug themselves a bit of a hole again. Um, there's a fair bit of cricket left in that, I think, though. Um, 90 overs in that game could be uh, could be significant. There might be 10 points there. Real chance of continuing that um, Andrew Harriet will be available for play this Saturday as well. Um, be very interested to see if Tom can get up and taking 7-8 and getting into AJS Patel figures and getting 9s and 10s. But um, superb performance from the former New South Wales country quick. Again, 16 overs straight, nine maidens, five for 18. He would have been sore when he drove home to Tamworth on Saturday night. What a great performance that is. And we saw Lowley bat on Saturday, and he's actually playing very good quick at the moment, Mitchell Lowell. And uh, that will be an interesting game. But Dan's right. There could be an outright in the offing there at Bernie Caranoval. In fact, I think there's a fair chance that both teams will knuckle down and try for outright points. The final game was the game, game that uh, Dan and I actually had the pleasure of scoring at, um, I'll get the, hit the correct button here, uh, that Dan and I had the uh, pleasure of scoring at Lynn Oval in Stockton, where um, it, the breeze was flying all day. I mean, it absolutely howled all day from the south. Merriweather won the Tyson batted um, and made 214 for nine of 90 overs. Uh, ben Egan, an excellent 88. He really batted beautifully. We'll talk more about him in a minute. Chad Mayo, 50 not out. Um, Maury made 20. And uh, Sam Holding down the end of the order made 17 not out. It's hard to talk about Sam because he talks about himself so much. But I know that he listens to the podcast and Paddy Holland was chopping him up all day, but he ended up going out making 17 Sam at the end. Uh, for Stockton, Andrew Nicolai, who came on as the sixth bowler used, got a wicket with his first ball, two for 20. Um, off 13 overs straight. And Nick Foster, the star, 37 overs. Another uh, spin bowler bowling a lot of overs. 37 overs, 12 maidens, 5 for 59 from the New South Wales country skipper. Dan, this is an interesting day. First of all, on to Ben Egan, most of his boundaries, he hit 11 boundaries, were in an area between fine third man and point. And I thought he batted beautifully. You were telling me recently that it looked like he was batting on a different pitch. Well, I was most impressed with the way he hit them on Saturday. He batted beautifully. Yeah, he's he's... he's really kicked off like he did last year. I think it was over 400. might have been over 500 runs even last year. Yep. Line. 
Um, and uh, Gears actually had him batting down the order um, a little bit um, during the start of the year. So he hadn't had a hit. I think he's now had three hits and he's averaging about 50. Um, yeah, he looked good and he looked a bit different than everyone else, didn't he? I think once Fozzie and the rest of them worked out where to bowl, um, then, you know, they really tied, tied Merriweather up. You know, Dave Sellett, nine off 94, but hit, hit out cutting the ball before lunch. Um, you know, a couple of shots that were, I suppose, a little bit questionable, but, um, and Chad just battled away. Um, you know, it's hard when, when Fozzie bowls 37 straight as he did. Um, and I don't think Chad's got, had a lot of experience with, you know, top line spinners like that, that, um, you know, when you're bowling sort of middle to middle leg, um, with a, a strong field and know where you're, you're bowling, it was hard to get him away. So, um, look, I think at the start of the day, if, if, uh, if, Gary was told that um, you're about first, you get 240, he'd probably take it. I think now afterward, I think he probably thinks that, you know, we probably should have, we were one for 90 at lunch though, as you know. So, you know, you would think that you would get over 250 if you bat the overs out there. So there was a few left out there, but if we bowl with as much, um, as well as what Stockton did, um, you know, then they're a definite sniff. Tim O'Neill's obviously a key. If he can bowl yes. and do the same as what Nick Foster did and with Fozzie's Pfeiffer, if Timmy can do the same and everyone can bowl around him, then they're, they're a chance. But, yeah, special mention, obviously, to Fozzie, but also to to um, to Nikolai. That was um, that was really strong bowling from him, 12 overs, 13 overs straight, I think it was. Um, he was read like a boot trip when he finished, wasn't he? But it was a top-notch bowling display. They just couldn't get him away at all. That's the best bowling Andrew Nikolai's produced since he's been at Stockton. That's his best spell by a long way. He looked very good. He was tight. He bowled to his field. Fozzie said good feels for him. You're right. He looked like Mr. Tomato Head at the end of it, but um, he did a very, very good job in combination with his skipper. Um, look, like I thought Boxing Day. That's how that's how ready he was. It'll look like Barnaby <laughs> Joyce on Boxing Day. Uh, we're not going to talk about Sam holding six either, are we? No, we're not going to. Well, that, that's not to be mentioned. We're not going to mention that at all. From the man who's the self-described uh, best all-rounder at Merriweather, and I know that there's a few guys at the Merriweather Club that are listening to our podcast. In fact, Dan, I was very pleasantly surprised to hear quite a few people, particularly on Sunday, telling us that they're enjoying our podcast, which is very nice. I, I don't look at statistics. I'm not a statistically a minded guy, but uh, it looks like there's a few people around who are listening to the podcast, which for me is enormously flattering, and, and I'm very appreciative of of the feedback we're getting. So thank you very much to you and to all of the people that are listening. It's great to know that you're listening to us. Yeah, I hope they're not hearing us too much, Dave, but we're enjoying it. So if there's four people listen to it, then that's a bonus. Isn't it? it is. It is indeed. So um, that's day one of cricket. And uh, we're, of course, this weekend's a massive weekend of cricket, um, assuming everything goes ahead as planned. Second day of two days on Saturday. And then there are three uh locations being used for T20 triple headers on Sunday. They are Lynn Oval at Stockton, uh, the Pasterville Complex at uh, Cameron Park, and J.R. Ron Hill Oval at Toronto with um, uh, the Maitland side playing, and, and I think both Maitland sides might be playing different years, and the, and the Suburban Rebels are playing at Pasterfield along with other NDCA clubs in them. And uh, Dan, and just wondering if Dan's going to take the ferry across on Sunday, but it's uh, Merriweather all... Dan will be at Lynn Oval four days in eight coming here. Once Sunday's finished, he has the pleasure of scoring with a great Donna Rowan on, on Sunday, which will be great. But look, hopefully it's, it's, there's some really good cricket play this weekend, particularly the start of the tea, the summer bash, Dan. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. The Lynn Oval's a fantastic oval to score at. So um, I reckon it's going to be very hot on Saturday, but 
I'll, I'll definitely have a couple of beers Saturday night, though, I think, this week, or at least Sunday afternoon. That'll be unusual for you, Dan, having a couple of quiet hours at the Harry Mellon. Well, I didn't have any last weekend. I know. I was some very <laughs> impressed. I was very impressed with that representative scoring. He was in tip-top shape. He was two and a half hours early for cricket on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, he had a lovely uh, we I got him a lovely black coffee to go. He was he was caffeined up because he had I think he had Coke and an iced coffee, and then he had a coffee. So you were flying, big fella. Yeah, I didn't stop talking all day. I don't think Kath Kath had her ear chewed off. I think, but anyway. I don't think you could talk as much as, as Sam Holding did on Saturday. I'll give you the drum. I've got to, got to be true about Sammy Boy. Now, um, Dan, onto the Plan B regional bash. Dan is this um, – great, it's great having Dan on board as our, one of our representative scorers. So two of our best scorers, Dan and Kathleen, scored this game, Lake Mac and Newcastle Blasters at Lynn Oval. But before I go to that, just some runaround scores in the uh, Plan B regional bash all around the state. And while we'll finalise, give you the finalist of the Plan B regional bash in a minute. So on Friday night, Illawarra and South Coast drew at North Dalton Park. I was driving through Wollongong on Saturday and it rained and rained and rained. There's no question in my mind that, that there was no chance of playing cricket. The Western Plains Outlaws defeated the Central West Wranglers at Wade, the magnificent Wade Park in Orange. And then on the Saturday, and um, I'm sorry, on the Sunday, which was a huge day of cricket, Border defeated Wagga, Wagga at Lavington number one. Murrumbidgee were defeated by ACT at Lavington number two. Then Illawarra were defeated by the Wranglers at University Oval in Wollongong and South Coast were defeated by the Western Plains Outlaws at King George Oval at Port Kembler. In an extraordinary game of cricket, which I do want to speak about in a minute, Hunter were defeated by Central Coast, but wait till we drill down to the scores for you there. And then in the afternoon games to decide the finalists, Border were defeated by ACT at Lavi number one. Murrumbidgee defeated, they defeated by Wagga at Lavington number two. Illawarra defeated the Western Plains Outlaws at Uni number one, and the Wranglers defeated the South Coast crew at King George Oval at Port Kembla. And then the game we'll focus on in a minute is Newcastle Lake Mac, with Lake Mac ended up winning that game by uh, four runs. Now, the Hunter Central Coast game, Dan and I, this game was started before the Newcastle Lake Mac game, so we'll be kept up to that with scores. So Central Coast batted first. Um, Cal Ranger made 66. They made 152 down off 20 overs, which is a pretty good score. Um, the information I've got is that the wicket was turning from ball one at Jack Collins Oval at the King Park Complex at Raymond Terrace, and I mean ragging from ball one. But in reply, the Hunter Thoroughbreds, who at one stage were eight for 17, ladies and gentlemen, all out for 30. All out for 30. That is an extraordinary result. I had a good chat to Chris Archer, New South Wales, a uh, country left arm spin. He said, Redders, when I got landed the ball right, um, it was very, very, all of our spinners, it was very hard to play because the ball just turned, it was turned square. It was an like absolute Bunsen burner. He said, it must have been what it's like bowling in, in the subcontinent. That's how um, much it was turning. Number 11, uh, Brooks made 10 and they're all out for 30. That I just, I shake my head down. That's an amazing result. I just, uh, it's just extraordinary that that, that, a representative, that could happen in a representative game. They batted 15 and a half overs too, Dave. It's not as if they were out in six overs or seven overs. They were all out for 30 and 15 overs. So, um, yeah, that, obviously it's got to say something about the pitch, doesn't it, surely? Yep. Yeah, um, it does, actually. Lake Mac and Newcastle played in a qualifying game. This was to go straight to the SCG. Both teams had won their first two games at Tugger of the week before. Nick Foster won the toss and sent Lake Mac into attack and, and the bat, and they would have been very happy in Newcastle. Lake Mac kept a nine for 133. Jeff Gideon at 25. Uh, Joey Gillard, as it turned out, quite an important 24 down the order. Brendan Charlton, 21. 
and uh, Jack Hardigan 19 at the top of the order. Uh, the two opening bowlers for Newcastle were superb. Angus McTaggart, four for 16 off four, and Josh Bennett, four for 18 off four. And then in reply, Newcastle, um, ne- no one could put a decent score on, and they were restricted. When you, I did the stats for head coach Shane Burley, there were a lot of dots, and Daniel, remember this yourself, there were a lot of dot balls, balls being hit the, the fieldsman and, um, and, and not, not looking, getting enough singles. Uh, 26 was the top score to Nathan Hudson, 21 to Mitchell Lowell, and uh, nobody else made more than 17. And Lake Mac kept him to nine for 129 and got through to the SCG by four runs. Three for the opening bowlers had a great day. McTaggart and Bennett took eight wickets between them. And Jeremy Noonan and Dan Bailey, who actually bowled the last two overs, Jeremy Noonan, three for 26 off four. And Dan Bailey, three for 28 off four. I thought Brendan Sharp was excellent, two for 15 off four. And also um, Dan Chillingworth, one for 19 off four. Dan, this is a really tight game of cricket. Um, and in the end, Lake Mac um, persevered and, uh, well, and ended up coming up with a very uh, a strong and close victory. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even an ebb and flow game, was it? It was just tight the whole time. There was there was sort of a nose in it. It was like our Waverly Star and Bone Crusher. Bone Crusher, yeah. I knew what you... I knew, younger people won't remember that reference, but as soon as you said our Waverly Star, I knew exactly what the reference was going to be because that remains, to me, one of the greatest horse races I've ever seen. So Absolutely, and, and that's what it was. It was just nose in front, nose in front all day. Um, you know, I thought... I thought Newcastle were probably just in front after Blake Max um, dig. Um, and, you know, it looked like that they sort of had them covered the whole way. They kept it around eight and over. I think it jumped up to about nine and a half a little bit, but it was, yep. it still looked, a little, you know, comfortable-ish. Um, and then, yeah, just couldn't quite, couldn't quite get there at the end. We should tell people, obviously, that they needed, uh, so Lake Mac probably put their head in front in the last couple of overs. They needed 14 off the last over. Angus McTaggart facing Dan Bailey bowling. Um, two fours in a row, I think, wasn't it, Dave? And it then, was. Both through the offside, interestingly. And then there was a... And so all of a sudden they needed six off four. Um, and then I think there was a, a dot ball, a wicket, a leg bow and a wicket. Um, That's exactly what happened. Four. So, um, yeah, completely deserved by Lake Mac. Great game of cricket. Um, congratulations to Adrian Chad and, and the crew. Um also great to see, I thought um, Angus McTaggart was the pick of the bowlers from both sides. I thought he was absolutely unbelievable. I think every time Nick brought him on just on for one over spells and every time he brought him on, he got a wicket in those first, well, actually all four overs. I think he got a wicket in each over. So, um, you know, fantastic for bowling performance from him. And, and he nearly got uh, the blasters home with the bat right at the death. Um, so, yeah, really strong performance. You know, there's... There's uh, 24 really good cricketers in those two teams. Oh, really, yeah, really good cricketers. And I think it shows how strong Newcastle actually is. That was a, a really, really high-quality game, both with ball and the bat. Um, so, yeah, just well short again, the Blasters, unfortunately. But congratulations, like I said, to Chatty and the crew. Um, they'll be popping back down to the SCG whenever they get the date. I don't think they've given one yet, have they? About to talk about the finals and the, the and um, dates and so forth now. Yes, since he, I think that's the third year in a row that Lake Mac will be attending the SCG, and there's a very strong belief in that side that they're going to persevere and win. They, they are they are actually a very close knit side. They've become a very formidable outfit. So, um, article on the Plan B Regional Bash website. 
says that the finals have been determined. So, of course, Lake Mac won through by winning three games in the Northern Pool, an extraordinary series of events with you've got to play two, you've got to play more than half the games in a pool for those games to count as results. They only got one game each up in Ballarat and then the rain just belted down. And you having lived on the North Coast yourself know what when the rain sits in the North Coast, it's she's over for the for the county. So Northern Inland, who were the best-seeded team from the previous season, have gone through to the final. So it's going to be Lake Mac and Northern Inland of, of the northern part of New South Wales will play. And then the other, the great last year's champions, the ACT Aces, will play the Central West Wranglers. For those that don't know, the Central West Wranglers are based around Orange, Bathurst and Cowra, up there in the Tablelands. So they're the men's finalists and the women's finalists. The Newcastle Blasters will play the Coffs Coast Chargers and the Illawarra Flames will uh, play the Riverina Bullets. Look, um, late, you would, that's going to be some terrific cricket. Now, we don't know the dates. Uh, there's It's sometime in the new year, Dan. It, it's still to be finalised. Uh, I've heard a s- series of different dates being mentioned. I'm not even going to mention it on our podcast. It's as simple as this. It's to be determined and will yeah. be advised when they... It's as simple as that. Yeah. When you're talking about, like, the SCG's been being held for a possible fifth test, as you know, or there was going to be a possibility of a day-nighter in Sydney. That's gone to Royal Bell Reef at Hobart. So you would think that there may be some dates open up at the SCG, but of course there's Big Bash to consider and there's also Sheffield Shield coming the second half of um, what's been a pretty bare um, Sheffield Shield season for New South Wales coming up as well once the bash is done. So, um, no, very exciting. So again, Lake Mac and Northern Inland will play in the Northern uh, Semi and the Southern Semi will be ACT and Central West. Should be some fantastic cricket um, and uh, it'll be on live. It'll be live streamed. And if you can get to the SCG, especially if it's a midweek, Get on down there. It's great cricket and it's a phenomenal day. As long as, Dan, the bloody lights work this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, that's right. Oh, I forgot about Lightgate. Um, Lightgate, indeed. Yeah. You might have been you might have been ensconced at us at a Paddington Hotel at that stage, were you? By that stage? I think I'd left the Surrey Hills Hotel. I was I think I was back in Newcastle. I was in the I was in the Merriweather postcode at that stage. Oh, um, you're in the postcode. I was watching it on my phone. I was watching it on my phone. Dan, just coming to the end of our podcast, you usually got some uh, zany stat for us or some extraordinary stat. You've already mentioned it, actually, with the hat tricks. I'd love to see in the history of Newcastle cricket where one club's taken three hat tricks over a six- or seven-week period. I would suggest it's never been done. I'd say it hasn't been done either. And I think, um, you know, Waratah's four half-century partnerships out of five opening partnerships, I reckon that hasn't been done all that many times either, Dave. Um, I did have a look last week when they had three from four. They've now got four from five. Yep. I reckon that's happened very often. Dan, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to catching up with you on Saturday and on Sunday. A huge weekend of cricket. So NDCA first grade on Saturday and then into the summer NCC Summer Bash uh, starting this Sunday. Some very exciting cricket. Dan, it would be remiss of us not to wish everybody, particularly in the Newcastle region, um, all the best. Great, um, some significant issues with um, the latest Omicron outbreak in Newcastle. A lot of people affected that we know, a lot of young people, cricketers and, and friends of ours. Just want to give everyone a big cheer out, particularly in the Newcastle, Lake Macquarie areas. You take care and just be safe and look after yourself. It uh, must be a very difficult time at the moment, to be honest with you. I agree completely, Dave. Everyone just take care and um, we'll get through it all together. We shall. On behalf of Dan Proudman, this is David Redden. It's been our great pleasure bringing the Proud Iron Redders podcast. We'll catch up with you next um, uh, very soon. Hopefully we can get a bit of a review done next week before we lead into Christmas. On behalf of Dan, this is David. Goodbye for now. You want to stop recording?